This is a Media 8 production. Everybody has ideas, right? The, the thing is that it's people like you, people like me, who just have the guts to go and try them. That's all it is, right? Like you and I just take the risk. Other people want to, don't want to do that. That's why people say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, want to be, and, and all of the young kids now want to be this, you know, entrepreneur. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Welcome to Awesome Humans. I'm Brett McCallum, your host at BJ Macca on all the social channels. The year was 1997, and a very attractive young man went for a job interview with one of the biggest banks in the world. He had a dream of becoming a contractor and making a hell of a lot of money. He was a junior IT professional but learnt very, very quickly. There was another man in the interview room and he was a little bit scary. Only a little fella, but you could see that he had a lot of knowledge in that head of his. And he had a way about him that uh, this very attractive young bloke had not seen before. Anyway, long story short, he hired this young, very attractive man to be an IT support dude. And from there it started at a mentor role from a young bloke and a friendship that's lived now for over 20 years. Through the years, he helped this young bloke achieve results all across the world in London, Europe and Australia. And FYI, the very attractive young man is me, of course. This bloke had a vision to create an IT service organisation that would challenge the delivery of professional IT services in the channel by providing the market with an alternative model of engagement that would both collaborate and be collaborative and non-competitive. Under his direction and the mantra of better together, he's grown this company from a groundbreaking idea into an innovative IT services organisation and today partners with over 130 vendors, resellers, integrators and managed services providers. He's now the CEO of Incentra, which has just been voted the fourth best place in Australia to work. This is Ronnie Altier. G'day, Ronnie. G'day, Brett, mate. Thanks for having me. It's kind of uh, interesting to listen to you talk about the history. You've just taken me all the way back to that meeting room. <laughs> it's a long time ago, isn't it's it? It's a long time ago, up on level 31 there in the Gateway building. What a great building that was as well. Mate, I loved that building. Hey, I loved my you. office. You had the best office in the world. Wasn't it outstanding? I'd look out, the, I'd look out, I'd see the Harbour Bridge, I'd see the Opera House, I'd watch the boats go by when I wasn't doing work. No, you were working very hard though, of course. Absolutely. It wasn't. Mate, I'll tell you what, they were good old days though. I remember I went down on the trade floor once and saw a, a trader shake one of the support guys <laughs> and you've said to me, yeah, no, mate, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You'll be fine. You'll be like, holy shit, what's going on there? You used to that, right? <laughs> you do. Mate, I want to go all the way back to the start. So what, what's your first ever memory? My first ever memory. Gee, that's a really interesting question. Long time Brett. ago. That's a very long time ago. I'm getting ancient now. The greys are coming through my beard. Platinum, mate, we like to call it. It's not grey, it's platinum. Platinum, yeah. yeah. Silver. Silver, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first ever memory. You know, I, I, I've got lots of memories of when I was younger. You know, I had a really I had a really fortunate childhood. Um, and, and to try and pinpoint my first ever memory is really difficult because I don't necessarily know which order they fall in. So what's the Ronnie um, story then? Tell but, me the Ronnie know, story. Let's start I, the early times and work our way up. I was, I was born in Oz. Um, you know, my parents emigrated here back in 57. In fact, I think it's on Saturday of this week. They'll have been in Australia, what's 57 or 17? That's 60 years. Wow. So a serious anniversary. So where'd they immigrate from? They came out from Egypt. Um, and, you know, prior to that, Morocco, Spain. I'm sort of a real bitter, you know. Yeah. There's Spanish, there's Greek, there's Italian, there's French, there's Egyptian, there's all sorts. And, you know, sit on top of that, I'm Jewish to go with it. And you're a true below so, You know, and I was born and bred here. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, grew up, you know, I'm a Maroubra boy. 
Um, Northern not, Beaches? Not with the Maroubra Bay, not with the Maroubra Bay boys. Um, you know, it wasn't the Bra boys, <laughs> the but certainly, boys. certainly knew a few of them in my time. Yep. Um, yeah, grew up, went to Maroubra Junction High School. Um, you How'd know, you go in high school? Oh, pretty average, to be honest. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm not book smart. Mm. I can't do the sit down and, and read a book and, you know, turn it and, and, and just regurgitate that in an exam. It's just not what I do well. Man, I'm with you on that one, 100%. You know? So school was okay. I wasn't a superstar, you know, in any way. I wasn't a big sporty guy. I wasn't a big, you know, in, in big sort of um, top performer. I was, I was probably up there, but it wasn't. You weren't you know? a nerd? Oh, it was a bit geeky, no yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. If you looked at photos of me when I was a kid, I probably looked a bit like Steve Urkel. Braces, high pants. It's sensational. We should reinvent that. Let's get that one for the podcast cover. I'm sure we could find a photo that would, that everybody would sort of go, ah, oh, yeah, it does look a bit like him. Yeah, so I did that. And, um, you know, I think, Brett, I, that when I was 16 years old, I, I sort of got my first real job um, at Tandy Electronics. Tandy. Tandy Electronics, yeah, wow. doesn't exist anymore. So was that on with the old Commodore sixty fours and the Amigas and stuff, or was that no? That? It was all. It was actually all the stuff they did themselves. The biggest, oh, wow. the biggest thing they sold was answering machines. <laughs> <laughs> that was their big thing because they had this answering machine that was in Choice magazine. So uh, I'd sit at the front of the store and sell that stuff. And you know, at that stage, I wish I would have realised that I could sell. Yeah, because um, I could and I could sell really well. But you know, I just I, I really didn't know very much at that time. Sixteen years old, 16 you don't really years, yeah. know much, but. You know, it was at that point that I realised that I actually really enjoyed managing people, uh-huh. you know, because the, the guy I worked for let me manage the store for two weeks when he went away. And, of course, you know, two days after he left, the place flooded. Um, but that was fun to deal with. But you dealt you know, with As it. a kid, dealt with it, you know, rustled up the troops, got some mates, you know, <laughs> rang Dad, Dad, what do I do here? <laughs> um, but that was pretty cool. So I did that and then, um, you know, went through school, did university. Um, what did you do at uni? I graduated as an accountant. Oh, there yeah, you I go. Know. That's I where the lack of personality comes from. That's it, mate. That's <laughs> it. So, yeah, graduated as an accountant um, but knew I never really wanted to practice accounting. Um, it was way too boring for my personality. Yeah. Way too boring. I couldn't sit it around at a desk. Anyway, I ended up at uh, BDO. I worked full-time in my last year of uni, studied full-time. Um, that was pretty full-on. Um, that's pretty much who I am. If I can't do it all in, then I don't want to do it at all. Yeah, fair point. Um, so I did that and was a management consultant, right? What did oh, I know about go. being a management consultant Just make it up 19, as you go along. 20 years old? Yeah. So um, my job was to install accounting systems and convert people from manual ledgers into automated. Excellent. And um, the guy who was the IT manager at the accounting firm I worked for, BDO, he used to come and set up the networks. And these days it was Novell Netware with 10Base yeah. T and Terminators and all sorts of funky stuff. And he hated doing it. You know, he, he wanted to do the job that he wanted to do. He didn't want to be the guy who went out and did that work. So I sort of said to him, I said, you know what, this IT stuff looks pretty cool. Um, and, and all I'd studied at university was intro to word processors, spreadsheets and databases. Yeah. And before that, introduction to computers. That was it. And I said to him, you know, this stuff looks pretty cool. Why don't you teach me to do this? And then you won't have to come and do it. Because, I, frankly, I didn't want to deal with his attitude myself, when he yeah. was doing it, right? So, Fair enough. So it was at that point that I started doing this and I thought, you know what, this IT stuff is really cool and I really love it. So I got him to train me right up and then, um, you know, I sort of thought, well, maybe I'll change tack and I'll go and do this technology stuff, much to my father's chagrin at the time. <laughs> you know, he was You like, studied oh, to be an accountant. That's you right. An accountant. And he was an accountant. You <laughs> oh, know, there so. we go. It's the family. <laughs> the tradition continues. Correct. So I... Um, I did. I, I sort of bucked that, that, that sort of you know thing that my dad was saying to me and said, "No, I'm I'm going to go do it." And I found an ad in the paper at the time. It was CS First Boston, um, was what it was called. It wasn't even called Credit Suisse at that stage. Yeah. 
And I went for the job interview and I remember the night before and a couple of days before I was reading the you know, the red Bibles, those, <laughs> the those, those people who are old enough to remember the Novel Network books. <laughs> I was reading those books and learning about all sorts of stuff and um, got, did my first ever video conference. Oh, wow. At, uh, at that interview. Yeah. Um, so it was my first real interview and it was a, I think it was a video conference. It was really daunting. And not only that, it was 20 questions. So what year were we? Oh, 1993. Okay. 1993 it was. And you're taking me back now, buddy. <laughs> you're <laughs> loving it though, aren't you? Yeah, it's really no? interesting. It's, it's interesting, right? My career's taken so many different paths. Exactly. Right? That's the like about this is you don't, you sort of always remember, but it always just comes back. It like, does come back. And I think, you know, if there's any sort of younger people listening to this going, you know, worrying about their HSC and worrying oh. about what they do with their careers and where that's going to go, it's like, you know what, the, the, and you'll hear through the rest of my story, life just presents you forks in the road and yep. choices. And if you really want to do stuff, you'll just go do stuff. It'll happen. Mm. You know, nothing's ever... One of the things I always say is nothing's ever really calamitous. Very true. You know, just check whether things are calamitous or not. Most things aren't. Yep. Anyway, so they hired me. And uh, 24 hours after I started, in fact, my first day on the job, I had to work until 2 in the morning. Right? <laughs> and I, was, I remember it vividly, right? I, I was like, really, this is what it's going to be like working in an investment bank. So I, did, I, I worked until 2 in the morning doing a Word 2.0 to 2.0A upgrade. Oh, I will not forget it, right? 15 <laughs> floppy disks, machine to machine to machine on SneakerNet. Anyway, let me let me sort of take us forward. <laughs> so I did that. Um, the guy who was working there as the senior sysadmin or the senior help desk dude, he resigned and my boss said to me, oh, well, I'll send someone up from Melbourne. I said, no, don't do that. Let me do it. I've got to tell you, I didn't know anything about that. Environment. I'd never seen a patch panel. I'd never seen anything. Yeah. So anyway, let me let me wind us forward. I did that job, worked like a crazy man for the first three months, 17 hours a day, seven days a week, learned everything I could possibly learn, had a wow of a time and became the senior help desk guy. Um, and then my career kind of went from there at Credit Suisse. I did nine nine years, almost 10 at Credit Suisse. Wow. Um, that was Australia and Singapore, right? Well, yeah. So Australia, when I met you, I think yep. I met you in 97. 97, yep. And not long after I met you, I then moved to Hong Kong. And I moved to London. And you moved to London. Yeah. I looked after IT in Hong Kong or infrastructure there. Then I moved to Singh and looked after infrastructure Southeast Asia. And in those two years that I was away, Australia had grown to 70 IT people from seven. Wow, that's amazing. When I came back, I remember used to catch up with you and I'd come over to Credit Suisse in London when I was doing investment banking IT. And um, came back as the Australian sort of IT manager CIO guy. Uh Did that for two and a half years, got bored. Um, there's only so much looking out the window and watching the boats go by that you can do. <laughs> um, and decided that it was time to go and do something else. So I did. I, I, I left. I did nothing for 18 months. A couple go? of consulting gigs. Built my house. Got to know my kids. Nice. Which was nice, you know. Investment banking. Kids. How many work. kids you got? Two kids. Yep. Um, How old are they now? My son is nearly 19. He'll be wow. 19 in a couple of weeks. Is he working for you? Uh, no, actually, he's not. He's just had a gap year. And he yep. and I have just spent three and a half weeks together in Europe doing oh, that, which is just an incredible experience to do with yeah. your son. Um, and he, he starts, he's back in Oz now and he starts next March doing med. So he is the book smart one. Oh, wow. <laughs> he did really well in his it's HSC. It's obviously come from the wife. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, so he starts med at, uh, New South Uni soon. And my daughter is, uh, just, over, just turned 17 in July. Wow. Um, so she's doing the IB yeah. and, uh, something different for her. So she's having some fun and we'll see what she wants to do. She doesn't know yet. Oh, that's cool. She doesn't know yet. Yeah, look, and, you know, there's, there's nothing in the world like kids. I think you learn more about yourself and oh, your kids without, than yeah. you do from anybody or anything else. You also learn that 17 hours a day, seven days a week is not good for anyone. Nope. And, and not the fact that you miss a lot of 
their lives. And I'm like you, I, I travelled a lot. I worked very, very hard when my kids were really young, but I did it for them. But then now you look back now and go, actually, maybe I should have been there a bit more and yeah. it would have been better for them now. And now I've um, <clears throat> my youngest is uh, he's eight and so we're hanging out. He's my little dude. He's my mate. And uh, same as all my kids now and I get to see them a lot more now. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head a minute ago is the fact that once you get to spend some time with them, they're just amazing little creatures, aren't they, really? Absolutely. You know, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. So, so yeah, so there for a while. And then where, what happened then? So bumped into a guy on the beach, told him I was trying to do some consulting, you know, because I fancied myself as a bit of a consultant. I'd sort of been doing all this work in an investment bank, but, you know, reality was I didn't have a network. He took me under his wing, joined his business, set up a consulting business in his company. It was a company called Secure Data. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 months or 15 months later, um, that business went bust. And in fact, it was at that business that I met my two current business partners yep. and co-founders of Incentra. Um, Dimension Data galloped in on their horse, picked up the people in the IP, of which I and my co-founders were, were three of. And we then went on to have a wow of a time there. With Diodata. At Diodata. Wow. Building the data center business for them. Mm-hmm. So I took it on. It was doing 14 mil. Um, by the time I left, it was doing over 100 mil. Nice. So it become number one a lot of different vendors which was great um and that's where i really learned what it meant to run a business that was one thing guy data taught me really well but you're it, doing it for someone else then i was doing it for someone else um and i was learning on their dollar i guess Even, yeah. um you know and and they were they were incredible teachers there's no no doubt about it obviously the accounting background and everything i'd done before it helped mm-hmm. um and it was it was a wonderful wonderful experience and then i saw a gap in the market um and that's when i sort of sat back and said you know Maybe there's a way to fix this gap because just because there's a gap in the market doesn't mean there's a market in the gap. A hundred percent, yeah, right? yeah, for you sure. Know? So I spent quite a bit of time investigating that. Um, I left DD and took six months out um, and invest truly investigated the, the validity and merits of this business model that um, that I'd come up with, which was this hundred percent channel only, partner obsessed business. Yep. And um, started that business um, daring to be different from day zero. So as you said earlier, right, it's a unique business model. Nobody had gone where we had gone. We were breaking new ground. Um, our vision statement starts with we dare to be different. And um, a great vision statement. Does you know, it? that's where it starts. And we So your idea different. or your business partner's ideas? No, we got together and, and came up with it. It, yeah. was, it was, you know what it was? it was? It was resolving a pain that I had every day. Yep. Right, where people were ringing me and asking me questions. And I was like, oh, my God, there's got to be a way to fix this so that this doesn't happen. And that's indeed why we started the business. And so, so when you set the business up, one of the big things that I always find, I help a lot of businesses and stuff, I always tell them when you set up a business, treat it like a divorce at the start. So make sure everything's in place, make sure you've got all the paperwork in place, et cetera, because businesses always start rosy and mm-hmm. everyone's happy and we're all brothers in arms and all that and then it can get ugly. And I've, I've been in a few situations myself where it got ugly and we suffered for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we had to set it up properly in the first place. So how did you go about setting that business up? Look, I committed... Absolute business sin, mm-hmm. okay, in every which way, shape, form. So firstly, I started the business on the 1st of April. So who starts <laughs> a business on April Fool's Day, right? We did. Yep. Okay. Um, but I started the business with two of my best mates who had been working, you know, with and for me at Diodata and prior to that, yep. so, sort of six or seven years earlier. So we, we had a history with each other. We had a history of, of, of how things work. I also started it with my brother. Yes. And my first hire was my nephew. <laughs> so right, best friends and family. Friends and family. First of April. That's work, isn't it? <laughs> right. I look back seven and a half years later now. You know, it'll be eight years in April. April twenty eighteen will be eight years, and um, it's been magnificent. That's awesome. Um, we we did do exactly what you said. We planned for the worst. In yep. fact, everything I've always done is planned for the worst and work towards the best. 
because at least then when something bad happens, I know how to deal with it. It doesn't um, yeah, come as a shock. Course. Yep, that's great. Right, you know, because then the emotion comes out of it as well. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you quite candidly, in in the whole time I've been working with these guys, um, and you know my brother, he was working at Credit Suisse yeah. as well. So I've obviously know now what a long time in my yeah. whole life. Um, but in the entire time that we've been working at Incentra, where we're all co-founders, we're investors in the business, we own the business, we've not once had an argument that has got to a point where we're, we're really thinking there's a problem. That's amazing. And and I think, do you think because you all had that same vision at the start? And um, no, I think it's because we put in place some pretty clear rules of engagement. That's perfect. Right? You know, it's like very simple. I was the one who was going to run the business. They were totally cool with that. They were used to working. Working you know, for you working anyway, yeah. For me. Um, and and I you're like, a board I leader. Like saying, I don't like saying working for Brett. You know, we're doing it together, but yep. someone's got to be able to make a decision. You can't have a rudderless ship. 100%. Right? You, need, you need a skipper. And, and, they, and that required a lot of trust from them in me. Right, that I'm not going to go and do things that are crazy with potentially what their inherit, you know, their kids' inheritances are going to look yeah, like in this business. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, uh, there, there was one key thing um, that's made a big difference for us, and that is that we ask each other a question when we're having a discussion about something and we're disagreeing. We will ask each other the question of, "Are you married to your position?" Because if the other person is married to their position, what we take away from that is they don't want to budge. Yep. They actually don't want to budge from it, and we have to stop and listen. Most of the time, the answer is, you know what? I'm not married to it. If you guys think we should do something differently, let's give it a crack and let's see what happens. And when someone's married to it, we respect the fact that they're married to it and we park our own views if we're not married to a different concept. Yeah. And so far, we haven't each been married to different things. Which is good. Which is wonderful. And and I think that's a, a really good way to deal with it because obviously marriage is such a, a bond mm-hmm. um, that's forever. And oh, in most cases, it's forever. Um, but at the same time, I think that's a it's a really good lesson in business, and I think that's something that um, anyone listening to this is something really worth taking away is the fact that um, when you've got business partners, you need to treat it like a marriage as well. Mm-hmm. In in the fact that yeah, you're going to argue, you're going to fight, but at the same time, is you're in this thing forever, or until someone buys yeah. you out, or, or well, you're all in is. there for the common good too. We are exactly right, trying to do the same thing, trying to, and if everybody's on the same page, and if everybody has the same goals. And everybody shares the vision, and I think that's important not just for the owners, but for everybody in the business, right? So well, you got you've got the lives of a how many staff have you got now? Uh, just shy of seventy globally so you got, now. You got the seventy families, correct? In your hands, correct? And that's a massive responsibility. No and doubt. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. And no, it's something. It's something that I take very, very seriously, which is amazing. And that, and that's something you, as a born leader, um, you're you're in your your element because that that's when you were sixteen and you're at Tandy Electronics. You wanted to do. I'm a leader. Let's let's mm-hmm. have a crack at this. And uh, I think ever since I've known you, you've always shown that leadership as well. And uh, and that's uh, one of your best traits. And I don't blow wind up anyone's ass. So I just want to let you know that. <laughs> but at the same time, I I think that um, if you make a decision and you stick to it, well, that's what you do, and you move things forward, and and you do it for the better good. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I'm going to go off track a little bit. So what's your greatest achievement in life? Raising two wonderful kids. That's who, awesome. Who are full of confidence, feel loved, and are ready to take on the world. So what do you wish for your kids in the future? What, what do you hope um, they sit back and go, gee, I'm glad Dad told me that or taught me that? <laughs> um, my son and I actually laugh quite often, you know, because I, I, I pulled both of my kids aside when they were about 13 years old each. And I said, you know what, for the next seven years, you're going to think that mum and dad are absolutely stupid. <laughs> and when you're 20, you're going to look back and not believe how much mum and dad have learned in seven short years. <laughs> Right? So that's something that I know sticks with my kids. 
you know, very much. But I'd like them to look back and say, and and, and I know they are grateful, um, you know, and and I know that they're incredibly appreciative for everything that you know their mum and I have done for them. Yeah. Um, and for me, if the kids can grow up, and they're no longer really kids, right? Mm. But if they can grow up with confidence and feel loved and feel safe and secure and able to make decisions and stand on their own two feet, then I think I've done my job. You've won. That's I've all. done that's, my role. Yeah. And, right? and the thing is, they, and if they're kind, courteous to others and they have the best intentions in life, that's all you can ask for. Do you know what? When they feel loved, they will absolutely exude love. Oh, without doubt. That's without the key. Doubt. We all do. Right, yeah. and ultimately, that's at our core. Every human wants to be loved, right? And that's uh, that's 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 genius. That is. Who's the greatest influence in your life? Um, there's been a number of influences in my life. I wouldn't say there's been one greatest influence. Um, I tend to gravitate towards people who are way, way better and smarter than me. Yep. Um, I look to those people to 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 garner intel from them, to learn from them, to to see what it is that I don't know. So I can't say to you there's been one greatest influence in my life. Mm -hmm. But there have been a number of people from a business perspective who have given me and shown me different things and mentored me. And again, for all your listeners, I think that's a critical thing is to recognize that you don't have all of the answers. Without doubt. I I love being the dumbest person in the room. I, I, I love being the fact that I've put all these people in a room that are smarter than me because I'm actually the smartest person in the room because I brought them all together. Now, you know what I say if, is, is as soon as you believe you're the smartest person in the room, you've actually just proven you're not. <laughs> Good analogy, that one. Right. So what about like one of my biggest influences is is people like Richard Branson and Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. and I listen to that sort of stuff, and Donald Trump used to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Richard Branson. Uh, Richard Branson, I just, just finished um, the book Finding My Virginity, which is his next uh, autobiography that he did, and... Um, some of the things that, that come out of that, you just sit there and go, actually, I can really, really relate to that. Like Entirely. He was, he was hopeless at school. He was he, he just had a crack at stuff. If he failed, who cares? Move on. Learn from your failures and stuff like that. And I look back now and that's the way I live my life. You and know, I think, Brett, though, that the interesting thing is that everybody has ideas. Yes. Right? The, the thing is that it's people like you, people like me, who just have the guts to go and try them. That's all it is, right? Yeah. Like you and I just take the risk. Yeah. Other people want to don't want to do that. That's why people say, "Oh, entrepreneur, want to be," and, and all of the young kids now want to be this, you know, entrepreneur, realistically, <laughs> right? And and you know, coming back to Richard Branson, I love it when I read Richard Branson quotes, or in fact, I love it even more when my staff, when my team of people that work with me send me a Richard Branson quote and say, "Did you take this from him?" <laughs> Right. And 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 the reality is I hadn't. It's just made for me. It made common sense. Yeah, exactly. And and, and Branson does lot. that. He's yeah. common sense. And yep. most of the successful people are common sense. Gary Vee's a really interesting cat. Love listening to Gary Vee. Yeah. Right. He's out there. He's he's in I'm your seeing face. him on Wednesday actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's here in Sydney and he comes up to Brisbane on the same day. Awesome. I just want to just want to see it live to get the the, the enthusiasm. The energy. Right? Oh, the energy's feeding be off that energy. Yeah. And, and you know, Steve Farber's book, The Radical Leap, yep. is a book that I would encourage people to read. It talks about love, it talks about energy, it talks about audacity, it talks about proof, which is sort of fundamental characteristics That's of what, what leaders should that, be about. Then, right? what, what else do you need? Really? So, we're running an offsite with my entire company tomorrow, and it's all around that philosophy of leap, bringing that into the business entirely. We've done it for the past 12 months with the leadership team, and now we're bringing it into the rest of the business. Because to me, corporate culture is everything. Everything. And I think if everyone understands that, then you're successful. So long as it's true. 
Yes. Yeah, very, very true. It's not rhetoric. Yeah. You know, the number of people I hear say, oh, our people are everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then when shit comes to shovel, the people are no longer everything the bottom line is. Yes, exactly. And that is not your people are everything. Well, it goes back to the comment earlier that you've got 70 families actually in the palm of your hand that you look after and feed. Correct. And if you decide, oh, now it's actually the bottom line that we're going to go after here, then you've just potentially unfed some of those families. Spot on, Brett. And, um, and that's something that I, I know with, with my staff and, and the people that, that I influence their lives on is, is really important to me because it's not just the bloke you're going to have a beer with after work. It's his wife and his kids and their kids and, and it moves on down through the, through the line that way. Um, in Centra, what's it mean? Where'd the, where'd the word come from? <laughs> um, look, you could argue that it's got all of the initials of the business owners in it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it does, go. as it happens. <laughs> um, not, not by design, just by extension. Uh, we, were, uh, we were looking around at different organisations who were doing similar types of work to what we were doing, and we found one um, that was a similar name to that, and we sort of sat back and... and, and mulled it over and played with different words and changed the letters around and we yeah. ended up with Incentra and then here we are. And it stuck. So, yeah, it just stuck. It just felt good and because it had, you know, its six initials, my initials as R, Ronnie yeah. and, you know, Alberts and Steve's, it's kind of like, yeah, we could, we can make that happen. We can make that work. And it's different and it's something that, you know, people... People remember it. People just remember the name. It's different. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And um, the logo's not blue like every other freaking IT company. <laughs> It's orange. It's orange right? <laughs> I love the it's orange. Out there. Somebody actually posted on Facebook, one of our team, we're looking for us, looking for another person to join our train and we call it the Incentra train, right? Yeah. There's a book coming on that one day. Um, you know, the train story is online. If you Google Incentra train, you'll read the whole train we'll read story. The story. Yeah, it speaks excellent. about our culture. Yep. And uh, as she posted on Facebook, I was reading her post and at the bottom it said, you better like orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you're the fourth... I think it's fourth best place to work in Sydney, was it? Uh, fourth greatest right? place to work in Australia, in Australia. under 100 seats. So yeah. what, what's that mean? Why? That's arguably the most um, the most important accolade that we've received as yeah. a business. We've received a bunch of tech awards, you know, Services Partner of the Year and CRN Top 50 and BRW Fast Starters and all of those awards. And they're fantastic because they're wonderful for the team. They're yep. also wonderful for credibility in the market. But to me, the most important awards that we've won was last year's when we were eighth in the great places to mm -hmm. work. This year when we the grew fourth. by 40% and we became four. So we grew and got better in terms of our rankings. Yeah, That's a really powerful thing. And what's it mean? What, what, what do they rank that on? What, so what's it based on? So let me try and do this very, very quickly. Yep. It's They ask everyone in the business about, I think, 50 to 60 questions. Oh, okay. They're ranked one to five. Yeah. Where one is almost always untrue and five is almost always true. Yeah. And they only take into account the fours and the fives. Okay. So a question might be, I I feel like I make a difference at this organization. Almost always true, almost always untrue. Yep. Okay. And then they rank all of those. They average those scores across. You end up with a result, and that's worth two-thirds of the outcome. Oh, wow. One-third is based on then proving that result through submissions of documents and you know, ways to prove what it is that you actually do. So there's an absolute empirical ask the team. Yep. And then there's a supporting documentation side, which is worth a third. We ended up with 98% as an average. Wow. That. And the one question that was the most important question was, to me, overall, I would consider this a great place to work. 100% of people said yes. You've got to be happy with that. I am. I'm thrilled. But it takes a lot of hard work. Of course it does. You know, it's not even hard work. It just takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of consistency. You know, I always say culture starts at the top. Yeah. It percolates from the bottom. And it permeates from within. 
So a lot of people in the business have said to me, a lot of people outside of our organization have said to me, hey, it's easy. You've got this great culture. You're 10 people. What's the next problem? Wait until you're 30. <laughs> when we were 30, we had a great culture. Wait until you're 50. It's a pivot point at 50. 50 oh, people, it's a whole oh, different world. You're bringing out. in middle management. You're doing all of these things. Wait till you get to 50. Well, at 50 people, we still had a great culture. That's amazing. And at 70 people, we still have a great culture. And the reality of that is that each and every person in our business is a custodian of our culture. It's not just my responsibility. It's not just my leadership team's responsibility. It's each and every person's responsibility. So I've said to everybody in the business, and I say it to them once a month in our monthly catch-ups, when I do a, a meeting with the whole company. Yep. If the culture changes in this business and you come to me in three months and say, Ronnie, the culture's really changed in this business, the first thing I'm going to do is give you a mirror because you let it change. Um, yeah, for sure. And, there, and and I can't remember his name, but he was a very a very senior-ranking um, person in the Australian military and his words were, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. And so that's what we talk about in the business. Right? Don't mm. walk past stuff that you can't accept because then it will become the accepted. I love the way you celebrate it as well because the, the fact is that uh, on your website and on the, uh, all over the social media, et cetera, else, we come forth. Like a lot of people would sit there and go, oh, you come forth. But when you realise what it actually is, that's insane. That's so good. Cool. It's ridiculous. It is. It's quite, four is a funny number. Yeah. You know, it's like coming eighth sounds cool. Yeah. Fourth is like, well, you didn't come third. No. <laughs> you know, you came, you came fourth. It's like, where does that sit? But, you know, and I think, we, we often sort of ride that tide of, you know, are you going to be chest beating or are you actually just letting the market know and are you proud? Yeah. And the reality is everybody in our business is proud. And you can't ask for anything else. And that's what's important. It's not chest beating. It's not look at me, look at me. It's we are proud of the fact that we are this organisation. We work hard to be that organisation. And you must be proud that they're proud. Absolutely. That's, that, that's your sort of job done, really. Brett, look, when you wrote me... When you wrote to me and said, Ronnie, I'd like to interview you for this, and the words that you wrote in there brought tears to my eyes. I appreciate that. And what you said in there was, I'm interviewing people who have had a significant influence on me. And for me, my biggest why, my whole why as to why I exist, why do I wake up every morning, what, do I, what is it I'm trying to achieve, is to have a profound impact on everyone I meet so that they can go on and have a profound impact on others and be the best versions of themselves. So to know that I've had a profound impact on you has a profound impact on me and makes me enormously satisfied. And and it's true. that That's the big thing is pe people, as I mentioned earlier, blow wind up people's ass and I don't do that. That's just not me. It's not something I do. What I say is what I mean. And you have. You've had an amazing influence on my life from when I was young. You tell the story about your red uh, red books. On my way to my interview with you, I read The Dummy's Guide to Network. <laughs> so at the best bit was you asked me the questions I'd just read in the book. <laughs> and you, know, you know, Brett, I'll tell you what it was about you that made the difference. You were real. You were honest. I appreciate it. You were real and you had an attitude of, I want to go make this happen. And you, I even remember you saying to me, just give me a chance. Yeah. Just give me a crack, mate. Just That's give me a after. crack, Ronnie. Yep. And I was like, you know what? With an attitude like that, I'm going to give you a crack. And look where you've gone. Yeah, we've done all right. Gone. You've done so well, <laughs> and it's such a pleasure to watch. Oh, I appreciate that. This is not about me. This is about you. You can't keep talking about me. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to quick fire question. Actually, let me ask you one more question. You coach entrepreneurs, and yet you help, and you do a lot of speaking and stuff now. Yes. And, and um, in that startup space, do you call yourself an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Or are you entrepreneurial? No, I'm an entrepreneur. Excellent. 
because I'm an entrepreneur too. And there's a lot of people that uh, out there that uh, call themselves entrepreneurial or they want to be a founder or something. No, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a crack at stuff. If it doesn't work, I have a crack at something else. Yep. And you know what? I'm sure a lot of things haven't worked. Oh, yeah. Big yep. time. I love failing. Same with yourself. And I love failing. <laughs> exactly. I absolutely love failing because it just means I can pick myself up and go again. Yeah. I, I wrote a book like you're going to release yours. I wrote a book called I Failed and So Did They. I haven't released it yet. It's been written. And that was all about my failures and how it wasn't just me. Branson failed. Trump failed. Kiyosaki failed. All these people have failed in their lives. So it's not just me. I just learned from them mm-hmm. and now they've rebounded. And uh, it's funny, um, I was interviewing someone the other week and they were talking about how, how they went bankrupt and, oh, my God. And she said, I never went bankrupt. I financially flatlined. <laughs> I love it. And I've just gone, that's awesome. And she says, because I can make it beep again. And Absolutely. I was like, that's genius. And, and it's the same as anything in business. Like you have business failures, you have business wins, and hopefully there's more wins than failures, which obviously yeah. is a good thing because you can feed your kids and stuff. But Mate, uh, it's chumba wumba. Indeed. Get down, get back up again. Yes, I love it. The chumbo wumba. That's gonna, what it means. I'm going to use that from now on. That's, that's a ripper. Okay, quick fire questions. What's Shoot. your favourite food? Oh, I can't even do quick fire. How's that for how my my head works? Cheese on toast. Boring. What sort of cheese though? Is it grated hey, or is craft it craft plastic cheese? <laughs> my missus loves that too. That's craft a plastic cheese. No. <laughs> favourite song. Favourite band, I can tell you that. No, that song. It's got to be a song. Favourite song. Long Train Running, the Doobie Brothers. Okay. Favourite band. Doobie Brothers. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Favourite movie? Top Gun. Top Gun. That is a really good movie. Outstanding. Did you cry when he died? Oh, I welled up. Yeah, I think most, I most up. folks won't admit it, but I welled up. Too. Absolutely, I welled 90% up. 90% of people had to well up. Yeah. And my, they're bringing a new one out. My Top favorite line? Mm-hmm. Going ballistic, Mav. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like when I'm getting 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 ready to do the next thing at work. We're going ballistic. Let's do it. You one of those buttons that you can actually have top That's gun it. quotes from. Okay, what's next for Ronnie? Um, taking this business and making it into something that becomes a globally known name. So our vision is to be the number one channel services company on the planet. Right. That's that's part of our vision statement. So, yep. um, doing that. What's next for me as well is um, starting a board career. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to give back as much as I possibly can. I, yep. As you said, I do, I do a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring. Um, want to get doing a lot more speaking. Um, I'm, I'm in my element when I'm in front of an audience mm-hmm. and I'm sharing what I know. Um, I love it. You know, I love watching an audience light up if I can give them just a couple of pearls of wisdom to walk away from. If people yep. listen to this podcast and they've walked away with one or two pearls of wisdom, outstanding. You've done your job. Right. So, yeah. So, for me, there is no stop. Um, but what's next for me is just to keep going and to keep doing more and more and more and more and to challenge myself and to learn and to grow and to help people around me learn and grow and share with them. To become a better person every day of your life. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Okay, mate, I have to say that, as I mentioned earlier and as you mentioned as well, you've been a massive influence on my life as a young bloke. You've assisted me move forward in the IT game. And for that, as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you and I appreciate you coming along. Thanks, Brett. It's great to talk to another awesome guy. <laughs> Thanks, brother. See you, mate. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. What an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.